name is Kate Eckstein. I am the digital strategist at Visit Mesa and welcome to today's webinar, The Power of Social Media, Digital Marketing Best Practices, Strategies and Trends. Thank you for taking time out of your day and listening in. I'm so excited to introduce to you today's presenter, Brian Matson. He's the Senior Director of Strategy and Education at 26 Digital. Brian has been a part of the travel and tourism industry since 2003 and was the longtime marketing director at the Fargo-Moorhead Convention and Visitors Bureau, where he pioneered several digital and social media promotional programs and, including, and included various forms of content development and distribution. And finally, thank you to Jay and her team at the Office of Economic Development for including us in this amazing opportunity to share marketing tools and information with the Mesa Small Businesses. All right, Brian. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kate, and uh, thanks Visit Mesa for uh, giving me this opportunity to speak to all of you. Um, Kate already went through who I am, but some of you might not know who I work for. I work with 2-6 Digital. We're a 100% digital agency. We're focused on travel, tourism, and hospitality businesses. So we work in tourism. We know tourism. That's what we do. Our team combines of over 40 years of hospitality experience, and we're headquartered in Brighton, Michigan. All right, so that's round Ann Arbor. All right, we're talking to people in Arizona. So you might not be familiar with the area. No worries, we're just outside Ann Arbor. Um, I always like to kick off these presentations um, with just a snapshot of who we work with. Um, and it's not really to brag, it's ultimately to give you a bunch of places that you can go and look for awesome examples of people doing it really well. Every business on this screen right here has gone through our coaching strategies. They've gone through our audits and all of our different types of content planning tools. So um, go steal some ideas. One of the best things you can do is follow good businesses, people who are doing best practices online, steal their ideas and put your own spin on all of it so that you can do cool stuff for your business, okay? So go check out some of these businesses and, and literally go steal their ideas. That's the best thing that you can do. Um, this is going to be a bit of a fire hose presentation. Now, I know that I've got like two hours to go through a whole ton of stuff, and I think I'm at about 205 slides. So we've got a, we've got a long haul ahead of us, but uh, I honestly threw pretty much everything I could think of that would be useful to small businesses at this time. So I'm going to open up the fire hose and uh, you know, just give you as much value as I possibly can uh, because we're in a really challenging time, especially for small businesses organizations, nonprofits. I've been working with a few of those as well. And, uh, you know, this whole coronavirus thing has really thrown everybody for a loop here over the last few months. Um, we've been well aware of this. Uh, you know, at 2-6 Digital, the crisis really happened, you know, about March 13th. It was Friday the 13th where kind of corona got in the air and uh, really transformed what was happening in the tourism and hospitality industry. I mean, almost like a flip of the switch, uh, businesses who had, you know, record years. I've talked to so many businesses that were like, man, we were on record pace to have one of the best years that we could ever imagine. And then, uh, you know, March 13th to that next week, you know, literally, you know, it all turned off and we went into isolation, we went into quarantine and everything dried up. Now, you know, that first wave, the, the, the big push was, you know, to stop the curve take the curve and, and, and beat the virus. And luckily, for the most part, uh, we were really successful in being able to do that. Uh, but now we're kind of dealing with this second wave and we're anticipating maybe a fall wave. Um, so I think 
one thing that, that's fascinating about this time is the lessons that were learned during the first part of the crisis and how it's kind of not going to catch us all by surprise this time. Hopefully, we're going to have some strategies in place. We're going to know kind of what worked the first time and be able to do even better during this period. So uh, one of the reports that I've been following pretty closely here, and I think it's 19 weeks that this pandemic has been going on, uh, is something from Destination Analysts, a study. And uh, it's a consumer sentiment study, basically. It's like, how are people feeling about travel? And I tell you what, the last week or so, the numbers have been quite remarkable. Um, right now, just to kind of give you a kind of a sense of where things are at right now, we're at a record low. 13.8% of American travelers feel the pandemic is going to get better in the next month. Only 13% of American travelers are feeling like things are going to get better. And, uh, you know, two thirds of them all think it's going to be getting worse. So I don't think this roller coaster ride's over yet. So I think a session like today is going to be really valuable to you. So I encourage you to stick with me here. Um, also, number one thing that you have to remember as a small business and organization, if you have any customers coming through your doors, if you're a restaurant or whatever it is, safety is the number one thing on everyone's mind, okay? You need to be communicating safety messaging. What have you done as a business to make people feel safe and comfortable? What precautions are you taking? What kind of sanitation practices do you have? Are you using social distancing? Are you, you making people wear masks? I mean, here in Michigan, you know, we have a statewide mask mandate and uh, there's all kinds of businesses out here that aren't making people wear masks. They're not even wearing masks themselves. Um, so I think, you know, it, it's a crazy number of percentage of people that feel safety is the most important thing. So um, please, if, if you're doing some of the precautionary things, you need to be communicating that to people. Also a record 41.5% of American travelers now say they have no trips planned for the rest of the year. That's a big portion of the audience. 35.7% uh, say that they may travel in the fall. Um, so people are in this weird wait and see kind of a moment right now, okay? Um, we got to get through it. We got to get to the fall. Let's see what's going to happen. Hopefully we can get back to normal, um, but that's no guarantee, all right? So we're going to keep going. Um, also, for travel and tourism, hospitality partners, and this really goes down to any small business in any destination. Uh, people want to feel safe, but people also, when they travel, they want to have fun. And the coronavirus is really making it difficult for people who even do decide to go and travel to actually be able to unplug, relax, feel comfortable, feel safe, and all those things. So it is a cluster in many, many ways right now. Um, one plus side, um, I think, or at least a kind of a little bright side, is that the percent of Americans who say they'd be happy to see advertising promoting their community for tourism um, is around 40%. Now, that could be a lot worse because I recall early on in the, uh, in the pandemic, uh, many communi communities were just like, no, we don't want travelers coming into town. We don't want those travelers coming in spending money. We don't want them spending the night. Um, so that number, you know, right around 40%, um, we really have to do a great job of engaging and activating that 40% audience that, that we have available right now. And uh, I'm going to talk about a ton of suggestions to get us to that point. Um, also, travel marketing uh, potential. Uh, it does exist. Um, people are getting comfortable. That's the biggest thing. It, this is going to be a long game, guys. Um, I don't think this is something that's going to disappear in September. Um, it's probably going to go bleed into 2021, a great majority of 2021 as well. So, you know, you, know, you, you got to get rid of that little hope factor. Boy, I hope it goes away. I hope it goes away. Uh, instead, you need to be strategizing and coming up with plans 
to deal with this reality, okay? So don't just go run away and put your head in the sand and hope it goes away. It's, it's not going to go that way. Uh, at the end of the day, it is a big fingers crossed, all right? Our fingers are crossed and uh, we're, we're, we're hoping for the best. But uh, hope isn't a strategy, and you're going to hear that a few times in today's session, okay? Um, we need to have plans, and we need to look at some of the best examples of small businesses and organizations um, and what they've been doing during these last several months, okay? There are some amazing things that have been happening, and I think a lot of them that we're going to talk about today are going to really relate to your business and give you an opportunity to be relevant, be visible, and honestly, one of the best things about this pandemic, in my opinion, as a you know, marketing person, um, it's forcing small businesses and organizations to innovate. All right. They are seeing the writing on the wall. They maybe have been resistant to Facebook, Instagram, maybe thought social media was ah, just kind of the side thing that, that you're going to do. Um, I'm seeing a lot of businesses finally cave in. And they're saying, you know what? Digital is the best way for me to reach potential customers. They're maybe moving away from some of the traditional means that they've been dealing with. Uh, maybe some of that print or that radio and that TV, and they're seeing the versatility that digital can give them. So uh, it's a good time for innovation. And also if things are slow for you right now, or you're just trying to ramp things back up, it's a perfect time to install some new strategies. So I encourage you to be doing that. Uh, and goal, we want to get people's feet back in the streets, man. And uh, I couldn't find a socially distancing photo of people walking down a street. Um, but I'm throwing this in there because I hope one day we're going to be able to walk shoulder to shoulder again. And we're not going to have to worry about this crazy thing, but we need to get people supporting small businesses and organizations again. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a, a uh, you know, it's going to be a struggle moving forward. It's all about survival. And the other thing that is huge is that we need to get people traveling and spending the night in our destination and spending those dollars. Um, the impact of travel and tourism on local economies is vast and uh, we need people in, okay? Uh, we need to encourage people. We need to make people feel safe, number one, okay? And then we need to give people those reasons that are gonna convert that overnight stay, get them into town, get a meeting at our restaurants, have them visiting our museums, have them doing all the things that visitors do, gassing up at the pump, going to the grocery store, doing all those things, going on the tour, okay? We need travel and tourism in our economies. It makes our cities better, so we need to go for it. So. The big theme of today's webinar, honestly, is just it's time to be strategic, all right? Throw hope out the window. It's, it's not going to work. Um, I'm going to plug in to a bunch of different little strategies, little examples that you can be doing kind of during the crisis or if the crisis kind of ramps up again. Um, and then I'm going to talk about things that you can do just on the day-to-day. -day. Like, what should you be doing today? What should you be thinking about doing in the future? And the cool thing is, is that everything we talk about today is going to apply two years from now. It's going to apply three years from now. These are all really fundamental strategies that you can use um, to be really impactful with what you're doing in the online space. So hit the ground running. That's the main method of today. And it all starts again with safety first, guys. Safety first. If you're coming into the office and you don't know what to write about today, write about what you're doing to keep people safe. All right, that is your main mission. Um, you know, there's no reason why, you know, a couple times a week you can't go out and say, hey guys, you know, we got our masks, we got our social distancing marked out, we got our, you know, we, we, we're sanitizing this, this is our process for doing these tours. You know, the other thing is showing people what that experience looks like as well. That's really, really key because like the whole traveler experience right now is very different from what it has ever been. Um, the safe zone mentality, all right? Some people kind of laugh at that. It's like, oh, safe zone, safe zone. But honestly, that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, if you're doing any of these things on the left side, you need to start telling people about it. Don't just do it, 
okay? Don't just do it. You got to tell people that you're actually doing this stuff. Now, the other thing is, is don't tell people that you're doing this stuff and then not do it, okay? Because, uh, you know, there's these things out there called review sites and uh, people are going to call you out on that stuff. So, you know, if you're doing it, make sure you tell people, but don't tell people you're doing stuff that you're not doing because that's going to come boomerang back on you really, really, really quick in that sense. Here's this uh, little chart here, you know, saying how important it is for having fun, relaxing, spending time with family, finding happiness, all of these different things. That's what travel and tourism is. And those things are impossible, impossible to achieve if people are on edge and worried about their safety. Safety messaging should be one of the first things that you're honestly focusing on. And again, it's all fingers crossed territory at this point. I, I wish there was a magic pill you know, that I could throw out there and just make all this stuff go away. But we're really dependent on each other, all right? We're dependent on, on businesses and, 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 and cities and counties and states all playing the game, all right? Play the game together so we can get through this crisis so we can get back to kind of a new normal. So it's all if. It's if we do this stuff. So I encourage you guys to, you know, do the protocols, follow the rules, um, and we'll get through this okay. Now, if you're on kind of a limited lockdown, all right, and, uh, you know, things are slowed down. Maybe you've got curbside and, you know, it varies all over. One thing that we've really noticed, man, it varies from city, state, it varies from neighborhoods. It, the, the, the protocols vary a lot. But I want to share with you some gold star candidates uh, for things that you could be doing to be visible. And the word I like to use is useful um, to your potential customers, all right? And that's requiring them not to walk through the door or come see you physically, but things that you can do online to just be super relevant. And, uh, you know, one of the examples that I really love is the Getty Museum. Um, you know, they're a fancy attraction, okay? They're a giant art museum and uh, they're struggling. You know, people can't come through the doors. People can't do this. Maybe their, their attendance is limited. Um, what they did is they turned their exhibits into kind of fun social activities. So here you can see Madonna and the child, the painting. And then they put out a challenge out to their Instagram users saying, hey, we're sorry, you know, you can't come and see this right now, but can you create this, recreate this and uh, post this on Instagram or send it over to our Facebook page, things like that. Uh, becoming really interactive and being a little bit of a relief valve for people um, through something really, really useful. I, I love this example um, that they're doing. The other thing that has been really, really popular um, is coloring books, all right? Kalamazoo did a fantastic job with, uh, and this was early in the crisis, coming out and offering activities because, um, you know, man, we got kids at home, you know, they ain't going to school. Maybe they're going to school. We're going to find out. We, we, again, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So anything that you can do to create interactive activities that people can do, that is an absolute win. Um, these are totally free to make. You can make make a coloring books out of any photo that you have and uh, send them out on your social. That could be an awesome post for you to do. And then take a look at what they did with it. They took it another level. They took it to a whole other level. And what they did is they asked for people to share their creations with them. And what they did is they fueled their content calendar, all right, with what people were doing. And I just love this example here because it's like, what do you think this person was thinking about, you know, while they colored that photo? They're probably thinking about Kalamazoo. <laughs> I mean, it's in the photo, right? You know, that's all good, um, but that's great brand recognition and you're keeping people occupied during this really, really weird time. Um, you can also do like paint by numbers things. Um, you can do bad games, different kinds of games you can do, how to make products, DIY projects, anything like that. Um, give people things to do, free stuff, all right? It's brand awareness and it can be really, really awesome, especially if you can get that engagement coming back with you. 
Uh, another thing, really simple thing that Kalamazoo did as well, um, they, they really knocked it out of the park during this COVID crisis for sure. Um, they created customized Spotify playlists and they shared those. And they encouraged people to contribute to playlists and just took on a really interactive tone. Now, their, their whole thing was any song that mentions their city name. But you could put your own spin on it, regardless of what kind of, you know, uh, organization you are. If you're in arts or theater or attractions or history, whatever it is, what can you do on the creative side? Uh, again, one of the most cool things about the pandemic, if there is anything cool about it, is that it is forcing people to innovate, take on new ideas. People are taking some risks and people are being creative. They feel like they... <laughs> They, 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 they feel like they've been given, you know, permission to be creative is really what they've done. So I absolutely love that. Also, virtual puzzles is another thing um, that I think are absolutely fantastic. Anything you want, you can go upload, a, a go to jigsawexplorer.com, build a, build a puzzle out of maybe one of your products or one of your displays, one of your past events, whatever it is. But again, it's an interactive activity that people can do. And this is something that you can offer. Now, these types of activities you know, they were great during the lockdown when everybody was locked down and people were doing it. And as things have opened up, what I've noticed is that people have started to move away a little bit from doing these types of things. And I really think that, that, that that's a mistake. Um, these are things that should be a part of your marketing plan moving forward. This should be a part of your content plan for social media um, because again, they keep people engaged with your content and they keep people engaged with your brand. I think it's really, really, really important. So go check out Jigsaw Explorer. Go share it. Go, go see what people do. I bet people will do some cool stuff with it. And then I do want to share with you something that absolutely blew me away. And it entertained me thoroughly throughout quarantine. And uh, to this day, I'm still a huge fan. And uh, this guy has converted me to visiting the Cradle of Aviation Museum. This is Educator Tom. All right. Um, some of you may be dabbling with TikTok and he's all over TikTok. It's, a, it's, it's actually quite amazing. Um, but what he's doing is he's doing little micro tours. Okay. He goes on and he does a 15, 30 second uh, a, a, a TikTok video. And he just talks about one of the exhibits at, 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 the, uh, at the museum. Uh, he'll go through and be like, hey, did you know that uh, the Wright brothers actually flew this plane or they made this plane or, you know, here's one of the, here, this plane flew 40 missions in, in, in Europe or whatever it is. Um, it's fascinating. It's bite-sized and uh, it's entertaining at the end of the day. Go check out Educator Tom. And even if you're not on TikTok, it doesn't matter because Educator Tom does one of the things that we recommend to all of our clients, and that's utilizing the five rule, which we'll talk about later. But essentially, he's distributing these singular pieces of content across all of his social channels to give every piece of content that he creates the best opportunity to succeed, okay? So he's got his TikTok video. And then you go over to his Instagram video. He's posting the same stuff. He's got it over on his Facebook page. He's got it all over the place and he's pushing it out. He's giving every piece of content that he creates every opportunity to be successful. And that's what you need to do, okay? It should never be one hit wonder kind of stuff with, with content marketing and working with your Facebook page and your Instagram account. You wanna look at the content that you're creating and then say, okay, I have five tools. I have these different channels. How can I feed it? How can I get this out to as many different people as humanly possible? Go check out what Educator Tom did. He's doing some amazing stuff over there. Give him a follow. Uh, I hope he gets recognized for it because it is some truly, truly compelling content. And especially if you're a museum or an organization of, of, of that type, this is killer. Um, it's, I had never heard of this place before until it popped up randomly on my feed. And now it's 
kind of on the list. I got to go see Educator Tom and I got to go check out this museum because they were distributing useful content during a crisis. All right. It's all about establishing that brand and uh, being, you know, feel like you're part of the family or something. It's uh, pretty good. Um, the main thing is just keep it going afterwards. Just because the pandemic is moving on, right? Or hopefully it's moving on. Um, you know, don't stop doing these creative things. The, my biggest fear is that people who have done the puzzles or the coloring books and, you know, the, the TikTok videos, virtual tours, all this stuff, is that they're going to stop. They're going to stop doing it when the pandemic's over, okay? So make it a part of your plan. Use this time to hone your skills. Use this time um, to get good at what you do, master your craft, and I guarantee you, you're going to see some amazing results moving forward. Probably one of the biggest things that is hurting us right now is uh, limitations on groups and, uh, you know, the ramifications that are coming from some of these group activities. I mean, here in Michigan, you know, we were ramped up, I think, to we could have 100 people in a meeting and, you know, within a month, it's right back down to 10. All right. So these group settings are, are really detrimental to us being able to move forward. And uh, what I love seeing is people embracing and moving forward with live streaming. Okay. There's a massive opportunity here by using tools like Facebook Live or Twitch or going live on your YouTube channel. If you have one of those, go do it. Okay. And when you do it, don't fear, okay? A lot of people get real anxiety when it comes to going live, but I'm telling you, some of the most successful live videos that, that, that I've engaged with or, or, or been able to be a part of, um, there's nobody on camera. It's just a narrator kind of fielding the comments and engaging with people off screen. You just need to transport people to an interesting place. And uh, honestly, the virtual tours that I've seen out there are fantastic. Um, what I would encourage you to do is, you know, not be on camera and just look at your comments. When people ask a question, answer the question and be like, hey, guys, we're hanging out at the zoo. We're checking out the llamas. All right. And then somebody's going to comment and they're going to be like, what kind of llamas are those? And be like, I don't know what kind of llamas those are, but we'll find out. And then walk around the zoo. Just be an interactive person, okay? You don't have to be the weather guy or the news guy being, you know, Sunday, 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 monster truck rally. You don't have to do that, okay? You just need to facilitate a conversation and be extremely human, but put people places. Get off the screen. It's like even, you know, looking at the Zoom call right here. I'm taking up all the screen. There's cool stuff behind me. Actually, it's just a whiteboard behind me. It doesn't really matter. But if I was in a cool place and I'm at a zoo and there's a zoo behind me, why am I taking up a third of the frame? Just show people the zoo and talk to people, okay? That's my recommendation. That takes a ton of anxiety out of the whole situation too because you don't have to worry about your hair. You don't have to worry about your shirt, what you, what you look like or the lighting and all, all that stuff. You take control through the comments, okay? And just be a good narrator. Go live. I'm telling you, do it. And then keep doing it after the crisis because the cool thing about all these live videos is that they get a ton of organic reach, Okay. When you go live, Facebook actively is going out, telling your followers, your likes, all those people that, hey, you're live, you're live, you're live. And if you follow the five rule, which we'll talk about here in a little while, you're going to tell all your other networks that you're going live on Facebook. So you're going to go to your Twitter account, you go to your Instagram account, you're going to go all over the place and tell people, hey, guys, we're going live at one o'clock. Okay, use all your channels to amplify content that you're going to be offering. That is really a key. And when people start doing that, great things start to happen. So go live with your virtual tours. Do tutorials. People want to learn how to do stuff. I actually saw one from a winery where they did a tutorial on how they were bottling their wine. 
right? It was something they were doing anyway. They were bottling their wine and they just decided to go live on Facebook and be like, hey guys, we're bottling up this wine today. Here's kind of our process. Here's what's going on. It was fascinating. It was great. And they maintained audience and people engaged with that. Teach classes, all right? Um, art centers are doing an amazing job with this. Libraries are doing some really great stuff with this as well, where you know they maybe had a lot of in-person classes before, which they can't do. So what are they doing? They're taking that stuff online and they're doing it through things like Facebook Live and they're doing things through Twitch and they're, they're, there's a whole ton of different tools that you could be using to do that. But use the time to be useful, okay? So teach a class, that'd be amazing. And then also kind of one of my favorites is just go behind the scenes. You know, give people a sneak peek on what's going on back there. Um, the Cincinnati Zoo started doing home safaris live on Facebook and the kept kids learning during the crisis. It gave parents a little bit of a break at home. Uh, people are thankful for that. So what can you do? What kind of interesting things can, can you show to your audience? And I think live is a great opportunity for you to do that. But again, when you're doing things, just like with the sanitation or the safety precautions or all these other things, you gotta tell people what you're doing. So utilize media releases, utilize your social media channels, utilize email marketing, utilize radio and TV broadcasting, okay? Tell people, if you're starting a live series, you gotta tell people, all right? It's not that you don't build it and they come, all right? You, you gotta tell some people. It takes a little bit of work to build an audience and to get a rapport going on there. So it, it's not magic, okay? It takes a strategy, it takes an effort. And I'm gonna give you a bunch of tips on how to build a strategy today as we move forward. Also, one tip that I really, really like um, is Google Hangouts, okay? So one thing that I've noticed talking to small businesses, organizations, especially the nonprofits, this has been really relevant for, um, is that they have donors, you know, that are, you know, they're giving donations to the thing, uh, to, to the organization, and they don't have that face-to-face. -face. They don't have that annual gala or that fundraiser. Um, what a lot of people are doing is that they're doing little virtual lunches, okay? Get a few people together and invite them for a virtual lunch and have a conversation. Have a conversation with people. You don't even have to talk about the issues of the day. Maybe it's just touching base and, you know, being friendly, and being nice, right? And just talking about, hey, how are you? You know, that can go a really long way. So don't forget about these simple little things with like Google Hangouts, virtual lunches, you know, get some of your donors together, maybe get your board of directors together, get people communicating. Uh, one thing I've really noticed during this crisis is that people are almost more connected now than they have ever been. And the best part is, is that people show up on time for meetings. I absolutely love that. That is fantastic. All right, enough of that stuff, all right? Let's go into 101 basic stuff. So 2-6 Digital, we do a lot of consulting and coaching, okay? We work one-on-one -on -one with organizations or even staff members in a lot of cases to just hone their skills. So I wanna throw some 101 stuff at you right now um, just to make you feel Get, I don't know, get the simple stuff out of the way, honestly. That, that's all I really want to do uh, because these are the number one mistakes that we see people making. And if we can get you to stop making those mistakes and refine what you're doing, you're going to do better and better every single day, okay? So here's the little things, the 101 of what you need to be doing. Number one, fix your website, all right? You need to fix your website because your website is your most important asset. It is the asset that you own. You don't own your Facebook page. You don't own your Twitter account. You don't own your Instagram account, okay? Those could go away. But you do own your website and you can deal with that. And it should be the bottom of the funnel for everything you do, okay? If you're on social, if you're running on Facebook, 
drive people to your website. Every post that you put out there should drive somebody to your website. It should extend the story or give a person a reason to get more information. All those social posts, guys, drive people back to the website. Don't end the story. We call them story extenders, right? If you're saying, wow, it's a beautiful day. The sunset's really, really great. Oh my God, check out uh, the link of where you can get the best sunset photos and then drive them back to the website or whatever. Extend the story. It's really important that you do that. Um, in any kind of search marketing you're doing, that's all driving to your website. Your native and display is driving to your website. Your email marketing, another one that we see people messing up a lot. You know, they send out these emails, but they're not extending things back to the website. And, uh, you know, again, that's social. <laughs> Don't forget to put links in your posts. It's like the number one thing you could do is, you know, if somebody sees something compelling and they're interested, let's drive them to the website. Later on, probably in about the second half of this presentation, I'm going to tell you why it's so important, okay, to get people to your website and it's some game-changing stuff, all right? I'll throw a little hint out there, little pixels. There's little website pixels, little cookies that you can install on your website that'll help you target consumers. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. If your website looks anything like this, you got to fix your website, okay, please. If your website is garbage and you can be honest with yourself, and say, my website's garbage, you, you need to fix your website. It's the most important asset that you have. Luckily today, we have amazing tools available to us. Go check out Wix, Squarespace, Weebly, sites like that. Um, if you can upload a Facebook image you know, to your profile, which you, probably, you all have probably done, um, I'm, I'm not kidding, you can build a website. You can build a brand new website that's mobile optimized. It's, it's, uh, it's beautiful. And it's really a WYSIWYG or a what you see is what you get kind of a website. Um, and they're really cheap. All right. I just built one a couple weeks ago. Uh, host it by domain for about 150 bucks a year. 150 bucks a year. You can build a website on Wix, Squarespace, or Weebly. All right. It's affordable. So don't, don't suffer. Don't sit here and suffer with a website with terrible landing pages and, and, and terrible navigation and no mobile friendliness because it's going to kill you. And like, what's the point? What's the point of working on your uh, Facebook page and sending people to a garbage website that they can't read on their mobile device? Doesn't make any sense. You got to fix your website first. Uh, the other thing you need to also remember is that uh, mobile is extremely important. It's got to be mobile friendly. Uh, we took a look at some of the um, results from some of the ads that we ran at 2.6 and it's pretty clear like 80% of all ads that we're driving out there are being consumed on mobile devices. If your website's not mobile friendly, you're at a disadvantage and uh, you're actually going to suffer in the rankings because of that as well. So not only is it annoying to users, it's also annoying to Google and you don't want to annoy Google. You want to get along good and play nice with Google um, because they're really placing you in there. Um, if you don't know, uh, go do a quick uh, mobile friendly test on your website. Just go to Google, type in mobile friendly test and uh, go and test it. They'll grade it on a scale of one to a hundred and let you know where you're sitting. And if you're scoring in the low percentiles on that, you got a problem and I would be spending the time now to fix these assets because, you know, think about, you know, what Visit Mesa is doing. Okay. Visit Mesa has this amazing website with all of the activities and all of your listings and photos and videos, all these different assets to try and inspire people to visit the area. Okay. People go to the website, they find your listing and they want more information. They want to visit that museum. They want to come and see your show. And they click through from the Visit Mesa website and they go to your website. You know, are you maintaining that same quality um, that for that visitor experience moving through here? Um, make sure that your website is up to par and that, it, that, it's, that it's hitting on all cylinders because it can really impact that visitor 
discovery process to be, wow, I really want to go here. Oh God, this is miserable. Now I'm backing out. Now you've disrupted that discovery process. So website is really, really important. The other thing is social media. You know, <laughs> it's the most powerful marketing tool the world has ever seen. And it blows my mind how people are not taking this seriously and they're not leveraging this for their small business or organization. I don't, I don't honestly get it. Um, I don't know if it's just because they don't know or, or, or what it is, but um, I think a lot of it has to do with this, it has to do with people thinking social media is some cheap little thing. So just stop calling it that, okay? It's actually the most powerful marketing tool that the world has ever seen. And especially during these crisis times, okay? This tool is the most versatile tool that you have in your toolbox, okay? If things change tomorrow, you can pivot your social media strategy. If you're doing paid strategies online with social or Facebook or Instagram, you can pivot your strategies and be really, really reactive to what's going on. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. And the other thing is that it is incredibly affordable, okay? It, it really doesn't matter if you have $5, $500, $5,000, $50,000. It doesn't matter. All right, the reach that you can achieve with this and the quality of audience that you can reach is incredible. And we, we see winning formulas every single day here at 2.6 Digital. And you know, I, I just wish I could just get every small business and organization to take this stuff seriously. Um, you know, and it's not just about, you know, what I see is when, when I'm doing consults, you know, it's like, so what do you spend in your, your, your day doing? It's like, oh, we're, we're working on our, our print ads. We're working on this, you know, some, you know we're working on our, our print flyer or whatever. And, uh, you know, they, they, they treat, um, you know, social media as kind of this third level thing. It's like, oh yeah, we'll put a, we'll, we'll put a post up on Facebook and yeah, we'll be good. When in fact, you know, they're leveraging 5% of the power that's sitting right in front of them. It's a, it's a great equalizer and a great tool for every business. So start using social media as a legitimate marketing tool. It's time. Now's the time. Now's the time to plug this stuff in and start using it for your company. Now, the other thing I would say is be honest with yourself, okay? Um, I see a lot of companies have created a lot of accounts. They've got the Twitter, they got the Facebook, they got the Pinterest, they got the Instagram, they got the YouTube channel, they got the Vimeo channel. They got all the different channels, right? But when you come down to it, they're actually only using one of them. You know, maybe they get one Facebook post up a week and they haven't tweeted in two months, but they're telling everybody that they're on Twitter, uh, uh, on, on Twitter right? Um, don't do that. If you're not using channels, don't tell people about those channels because when you send somebody to a dead Twitter feed, it's a negative brand impression. Okay. I'm going to Twitter to get the most up-to-date information about your business. Okay. And when I go there and I see that you haven't tweeted in four months or two years, I've seen that, um, you know, immediately that person is like, boom, down. Okay, negative brands and brand impressions. Don't promote channels that you're not using. Just be honest. Okay, if you got time for Facebook, do Facebook. Okay, got time for Instagram and Facebook, do Facebook and Instagram. Don't overextend yourself is the first thing. And just do well with what you can do. Okay, what I see all the time is people just have 40 channels that they're trying to manage. They can't manage them all, and then they all underperform. So do what you can, but do what you can very, very well. And you're going to position yourself much better than trying to overextend and tell people that, yeah, we're on Pinterest and you never contribute. Okay. Just be honest with yourself and use the channels that are going to work. Facebook by far right now, regardless of what the media says, um, is the, the place to be. 
I mean, the, the, the marketing tools that are available within this platform, I, I do think Facebook should be given a little bit of credit now and then for the tools that they're offering to small business organizations, nonprofits, cities, municipalities, whatever you name it. Um, these are sophisticated marketing tools and uh, they're available to you. So let's give Facebook a little bit of credit for that. Um, the problem is that a lot of people are making small mistakes when they're using these networks. So I wanna go through just a few fundamentals of Facebook, okay? And, and, and things that, that you really need to do <laughs> in order to be successful, okay? And the first thing is use feelings, okay? Feelings matter in your posts, okay? We've seen it over and over and over again. I actually thought it was kind of cheesy when it first came out, but you can add a feeling about what you're doing, about you know how you're feeling or what you're doing. Like in this example here on the right, you know, 2-6 Digital, we're thinking about landing pages, all right? Our post is about making awesome landing pages. So we're using feelings to communicate that, okay? Use the feelings. The other thing is check into locations. If you have physical locations or if you're at event locations, use the tools, okay? Use the tool and mark the location and tell Facebook where it is. Like here in our post here, we're thinking about landing pages at 26 Digital. It's not so much about, it's not so much about telling the user how you're feeling or you know telling the user where you are it's really more about telling facebook okay do you see what i'm saying it's more important to tell facebook the nature and the tone and the location of these posts so they can deliver it to relevant people okay that's what's really important you need to give facebook as much information as you possibly can to allow them to deliver it to relevant feeds okay that's really the secret sauce right? when you start looking at that. Now, the other thing you can do is you can also set preferred audiences on your posts, okay? So you can actually, and this is a free tool. You can see it, it's a little crosshair item. I'll give you a little tutorial here in just a second. Um, but what you can do is you can tell Facebook, you know, hey, deliver this post about um, fishing charters to people who like fishing, okay? You can just tell Facebook that and you're giving Facebook a little bit more information so that they can deliver that post um, to the proper feed. Is it 100% perfect? No. Is a paid ad better? Absolutely. Um, I encourage you to pay, I'm a big paid advocate, but if you're gonna do free and you're gonna do organic, um, use the tools, use the preferred audience tools for your post to be able to do that. And then lastly, this honestly guys, is one of the most overlooked features of a Facebook business page and it's tagging your products or building your product library in your page. Okay. So here you can see in our post over here, we're thinking about landing pages at two, six digital. We've got our link, we've got this. And then down below, right underneath our link, it says products shown and you can actually build out your product catalog underneath and link any posts to products that you're dealing with. Okay, so if you're talking about fishing charters in that post, you can go ahead and build a product into Facebook and you can drive people right back to your website to that product page where they can potentially book or make the appointment or buy the ticket or however that transaction is going to go down. Use the products tool to be able to build yourself a little bit of portfolio. Okay, it's it, I hardly see anybody using it, but it's there and uh, it should be used. Okay, so please use that. Here's that the, the other tool here 
um, for uh, setting that preferred audience. Um, it's right here, it's your newsfeed targeting. So when you click on your post, like who should see this, where you can set like public or private or friends only, whatever. Um, here's where you can go public and you can do newsfeed targeting and then you can just enter in those interests, okay? That, that's a big deal. I'd encourage you to start using that um, if it's very, very specific to a particular niche or an interest or an activity or something like that, it's gonna be really, really helpful. I mean, if you go back and you just start, use, start plugging in these four things alone, you're gonna start seeing uh, much better results in everything that you're doing. So again, that's awesome. Now, a little bit on actually writing posts, okay? This is, this is important stuff, okay? Uh, you need to spend some time crafting the perfect post. You can't just go throw a bunch of stuff out there and be like, yeah, I did my Facebook post for the day, okay? What you wanna do is you wanna use all the tools that we just talked about, and then we wanna dive in. So here's two posts, all right? Uh, these are from Discover Puerto Rico, and there's some differences in them, okay? So on the right, you're going to see kick back and soak in our picture-perfect views, just another 85-degree day in paradise after all. Discover Puerto Rico, emoji, awesome, love it. Down here, it says Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is ready to enchant you. It doesn't get much gen more, more kind of generic than that, right? So meh on that. Let's go over here on the left side. Um, you know, tucked away in the sea of palm trees, Dorado Beach, Ritz-Carlton Reserve is somewhere between a dream and a idyllic beach. Discover Puerto Rico's best oceanfront properties ready to welcome you 365 days a year. We go and look at the date, look at the uh, link down below, and it's top beachside accommodations in Puerto Rico. If I click on that link, what am I going to get? I'm going to get top beachside accommodations in Puerto Rico way more useful than this broad message. Be very specific in the things that you're promoting, tell people, give them the why. What, give them the why they should click on that piece of content. Generalities don't work. And when you start using all the tools that we just talked about, and you start being very specific about what you're talking about, take a look at the results. Here, we reached 20,000 people, each post reached about 20,000 people. But if you take a look at some of the other analytics, it generated 584 post clicks. This one only 226. And then the big winner here is link clicks. Link clicks back to the website because we included the link and we're driving people back to the website, right? That's huge. Over here we only had 84, okay? So take time and use all the tools when you create these posts. It's really important. It's gonna make a difference and the analytics don't lie. You gotta become a little bit of an analytics nerd um, to pay attention to like what works, what doesn't work, okay? But use the tools, that's all I can tell you. Um, the other thing, Stop writing so much, all right? Best practice, and it's been this way for years and years and years, the optimal length of a Facebook post is 40 characters, okay? 40 characters. I'm not saying that you have to write only 40 characters, but I am telling you that less is more. And I think what's also really, really important is that you start to treat social media and the posts that you're putting out there as a tease. You have to treat them as a tease to get people to click through to the website. All right, don't give away the farm in your posts, okay? Just stop doing that. Stop. If, you, if you're promoting an event, you know, don't go and say, hey, this Saturday from four to five, we're gonna have the carnival going on with, uh, you know, with, a, with a Ferris wheel and, and, and ice cream and all this stuff. Don't put that in your Facebook post. Just tell people that there's a carnival coming up this weekend and they should click here to get more information because then we're gonna drive people to the website. I'm telling you, we're gonna, we're gonna melt some minds here in a little while when I start going into some of this pixel cookie stuff um, and uh, some of the things you're gonna be able to do 
Okay, it's, 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 it's incredible stuff. So I hope you're hanging with me here. Um, but with your posts day to day, tease, okay? Don't give away the farm of the post, drive people to the website. At all costs, avoid the big box of text. All right, just avoid it. Don't do it, don't do it. Don't write these things, nobody's reading this. I, I should have a screenshot of this post on mobile. Absolute nightmare, okay? It's a nightmare, you don't wanna do it. Um, the big box of text is absolute death. One of the things that you want to also remember is drive traffic, drive traffic. That's one of the most important things to do. It doesn't matter. I, I, I honestly, I mean, I can't really think of a good reason not to have a link in your post. Uh, honestly, like what are you posting about that wouldn't be supporting a business objective or an event or, or something, right? Why are you talking about things that wouldn't need to be expanded upon or lead to a conversion opportunity? I just don't get it. So pretty much every post that you do, to me, I think they should be driving to your website so you can capture audiences and refine what you're doing over and over and over and over again, which we'll get to in a little while. The other thing, little tip that I'll give you as well, if you wanna see a little bit better click through from people, use directional language. We've seen this quite a bit, um, just like through different ad programs and things that, that, that we've done over the years. Um, when you tell people to do something, they're more prone to do it. So if you want people to watch your video, say, watch video. If you want people to get more event information, tell them, tell them. Say, hey, click here to get more event information. Use action words and tell people what you want them to do. Never assume that your audience knows what you want them to do. You have to be very, very clear in what you're doing. And I love this example of this. It's not necessarily for social, but it does kind of show this in practice. So here's three versions of a conversion opportunity. Okay, we got somebody request a callback. Okay, in the first image, we have guy kind of staring right back at me, making me feel real uncomfortable. All right, I, my eyes are locked in on this guy staring me down. Over here, I got the guy, he's giving this form a little look. He's like looking up at him, like wondering, hey, what are you looking at? And then down below here, <clears throat> we got rid of creepy guy altogether, and we just put an arrow in there. Okay, so there, then we got an arrow pointing at the form. If we heat map this page, Look at the impact. People looked to see what he was looking at. That was better. The stare down didn't work at all. People didn't even see the, see the form hardly at all. But when you simplify your message and you're very clear about what you want people to do, the arrow moved the most people to the form. So all I'm telling you to do is simplify. Be very clear. Brevity wins, all right? And if you add that directional language component, you're gonna move more people to whatever conversion point that you wanna get them to. Like stop overthinking it. Um, a lot of people are getting way too cute with, with captions. Get, you know, trying to, trying to do too much. I, I don't know, I think it's just getting overthinking, right? Simple, short, sweet, clear, directional language. And you're gonna do better. I guarantee you, I, I see it all the time, okay? You're gonna do better if you just start doing that. Want to move over to Twitter here, just in case there are a few of you who are using Twitter. Um, and Twitter's a really frustrating space right now. Uh, Twitter used to be one of my favorite networks. I got so much value um, out of Twitter. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a different world right now. And I know I, I, every, it seems like every week I'm talking to somebody and they're just like, they want to give up on Twitter. Well, don't give up on Twitter yet. Um, but you do need to just need a strategy to get Twitter because it can be an amazing traffic driving network um, for your business if you're using it. You just got to put the work in. 
okay? Recommended frequency right now for any kind of an impact is three to 30 times a day, okay? I would say eight to 30 times a day. Tweet more. Um, Twitter is a get what you give kind of a network, okay? All day long, okay? If you want results, you have to be present and you need to be contributing to the conversation, be engaging with other users. So, you know, I'm on the high end of that. I think the more the merrier um, you can do. Now, a lot of people freak out a little bit <laughs> about that. They're like, Brian, you need me to like tweet like 12 times a day. There's no way I can do that. Well, yes, you can. Okay. And here's a little tip for Twitter. It, it works like a dream um, and it's going to help get you more exposure um, for the time that you're spending on Twitter. And we call it the FAQ of Twitter. So the FAQ basically stands for fact awareness question. So for every tweet that you create, think of the FAQ, okay? Think of the FAQ and make a tweet based on the same link or the same topic in the form of a fact and awareness tweet or a question tweet. So at um, you know, 11 a.m., you could schedule out or send out your fact tweet. Just state a fact from the landing page that you're trying to promote, okay? That's your first tweet. Your second tweet is alerting people to the page, ultimately. You're just saying, hey guys, we have this information on this, go check it out. And then the last tweet, which maybe comes out the next day or a couple days later, you can spread your tweets out, okay? Spread them out. They don't all have to be coming out all the, like, like, you know, one right, right after another. Um, just answer a question or ask a question that your landing page answers. That's what you want to do. And what that's going to end up doing is it's going to start to fill your Twitter hopper if you start doing that with all of your tweets, okay? Every tweet becomes three tweets and you're spreading those tweets throughout you know, a two, three day period. And you're basically just building this hopper of content that's gonna be scheduled and it's gonna get you a regular feel. If you stick with this for a couple of weeks and you just start following the FAQ, you'll start seeing more, more activity. Your frequency is gonna come up and you're gonna give more content the opportunity to succeed, okay? That's the whole point is getting the content out there in a more regular manner. So please, you know, dive into the FAQ it can be really, really useful. Instagram, hopefully uh, all of you are using Instagram. Instagram is probably, you know, one of the most influential, at least in the tourism industry right now, any kind of hospitality business. Instagram is kind of where it's got to be. Um, the, the, the one tip I'll give you on Instagram is don't forget to drive traffic, okay? Um, everybody's hung up on the, the pretty photos and that's all great, right? Engagement, I love it. It's fantastic. You know, great photos get great reviews. Um, but there's huge opportunities to drive traffic from Instagram. And uh, when you have a strategy in place to do that, you can do it, okay? So one of the things that I like to do is use a little tool called Linktree, okay? So what Linktree is, is it's a, for any of you who are using Instagram, you know that the whole click the link in my bio um, kind of thing is kind of challenging to deal with, right? Like you gotta go update that link every single time that you wanna change the link. It, gets, it just gets messy and then we just don't keep using link in bio right because it's just it's a pain i think you can only go change it too on on your mobile device or something like that as well but anyway it's a pain to, to go and change uh those links and to be able to do that what linktree does is it gives you a link in your bio but it builds you a little landing page where you can host a whole variety of different links okay so you can just have a little landing page with all of the different links that people can go and click on regardless of what piece of content that they actually saw okay it's awesome. Now, Linktree is great. There is a small charge to be able to use it a month, but what I would encourage you to do is 
steal their idea. Just take the idea and build a landing page on your website that features links that you're featuring in your social feeds. That way, people aren't going to Linktree first. People are going to your website first. And then from your website, you can capture that audience. We'll get to that in a little bit. We'll capture that audience and they can visit all the different pages on your website. It's a great way to get your website audience or your website traffic a nice little, little bounce there. There's no reason why you couldn't build your own link tree. Okay? There, there's absolutely no reason why you couldn't do that. So just build a little, little landing page and, and you'll be golden there. <clears throat> uh, Pinterest. Real quick, I want to hit on Pinterest here um, because I do see this thing ramping up quite a bit and there's a lot of opportunity here. Uh, Pinterest tends to think, you know, people are like, Oh, this is like just a, a, a network for women who are planning weddings or something like that. No, <laughs> Pinterest is just a pretty search engine for pretty much anything that you can possibly think of. So guys, I challenge you, go check out Pinterest. There's a lot of great stuff on Pinterest. Okay, go hang out. I love Pinterest for business uh, for this one reason is that it's probably the easiest to maintain that can give you the longest kind of ROI, right? So if you spend a little bit of time each week, Pinterest lives on and it's indexed because it essentially it's just a search engine. So once a week, preferably like Friday afternoon, okay, after three o'clock or so, um, go and pin any new photos, any new Instagram photos, any new YouTube videos, any kind of visual content that you've done uh, during the last week, go and pin it to relevant boards on your Pinterest account and then optimize the title and, descri and description for search, okay? That's, that's pretty much all you gotta do. And the reason why we like to tell people to do that on Friday is because peak Pinterest times, say that 10 times fast, are after, uh, it's Friday evening and Saturday mornings, are peak Pinterest times essentially. Um, so what you wanna do is you wanna load up the feed on Friday afternoon so those fresh pins are available for your audiences and your followers, you can get in there. Um, but the long-term benefits are that people are doing searches on Pinterest. And if you're regular and you're dropping, you know, four five, six pieces of content onto Pinterest every week, over time, that really, really adds up and uh, you can do some great things with it. The other thing I'll tell you is stylized pins do really, really well. Um, you know, think of the, you know, that old, those romance novels in the grocery store, those covers, Think about doing stuff like that with nice, clear titles, really sharp photos. The titles should just tell people exactly what the value of that pin is. Um, if you take the time to do some stylized pins, uh, you'll do pretty well there. It really adds a nice kind of a polish um, to what you're doing in that space. Move into UGC and reviews. Um, this is valuable stuff to, to dive into. So for those of you who don't know, UGC is user-generated content. So that's people taking pictures of your business or your products or, you know, whatever it is, it's people taking pictures of you and you using those photos to promote your business. Okay. And then also review sites, you know, TripAdvisor, Google, Facebook, all of that. Um, these are really, really important. Okay. If you have not gone out and claimed your spaces on all these networks, I would, you know, take a note right now and put a star next to it and say, I, I need to do this. You know, if you're a travel hospitality business, you need to get on TripAdvisor, go to tripadvisor.com slash owners and go and claim that spot, okay? And start managing that page. Um, when people leave you reviews on Yelp, are you engaging? Have you claimed your business on Yelp? Um, go do that. That should be one of the first things that you do. Um, and also just everybody, anybody that you work with, go and claim your spaces. It blows my mind 
how many small businesses I work with that have not taken the time to do this. You have a Google listing for your business, okay? It's probably the first thing that pops up when somebody Googles your business. Are you owning that? Have you claimed that space? It's really important. You need to go and do that. It's a David versus Goliath kind of thing. Um, you know, it, it, it's crazy. There, there's one client we have uh, up in uh, Gaylord, Michigan, and uh, there's a small, I think it's like a 13-room motel with an M, a motel, which are coming back, by the way, thanks to the pandemic. Um, but, you know, it's just a small mom and pop's motel. And they're very aggressive about using TripAdvisor. And they're the number one ranked lodging opportunity in that area. Um, they're beating out, you know, the things like Holiday Inn Express and courtyards and stuff like that, just because they're present, they're using those networks, and they're getting people to comment and, uh, and all that. So... I mean, if you got big boxes moving in and uh, on your territory, you know, outmaneuver them. Use the review tools uh, to do better than them. Reviews are absolutely priceless. And when you can get people to say positive things about your business, good things can start to happen. Okay. It's uh, really, really, really key. Now, the number one thing you do need to do is respond. Okay. Everybody asks me all the time, what reviews should I be responding to? And I'm telling you, it's all of them. If somebody says something positive, something neutral, something terrible, whatever, public responses to those comments or those reviews is essential, okay? Spend, you got to spend some time each week and be fielding some of this stuff. When you're doing that, you know, keep your listing fresh. Review the photos. Photos are a big thing. A lot of times, you know, Google's guessing a lot of times and they don't really know, you know, um, if that's from your place or whatnot, you need to review this stuff to make sure it's all accurate. Um, be regular in your activity. It's really important to be checking it at least weekly. If you're a hotel, I would say you should be on that every single day, to be quite honest. Um, set up the email alert option. So whenever there is a new review, you get an alert right away. Um, set up uh, post-visit emails. So like if you've got an email receipt or even if you hand somebody a receipt after they do business with you, Make sure you're asking people to like, hey, please, if you enjoyed your service, you know, please leave a review on Google or leave a review on TripAdvisor and give those links and, and allow people your email newsletters as well. Okay. Email newsletters, super, super key, um, you know, to, to be including these things. If you don't ask people, they're not going to do it. It's just like directional language. If you want somebody to click through to your website, you got to tell them to click through to the website, okay? If you want reviews for your business, positive reviews for your business, you need to tell people to do it. And you'll start seeing that happen. Also, each one of these networks offers some sort of a widget that you can add to your website featuring your rating or featuring some of the top reviews. Install those on your website for sure because, honestly, people are going to go get that information anyway, okay? People are going to go to TripAdvisor to look up some info or go to Google and start reading some reviews about you. So why not just feature that and be transparent on your own website? Also, encourage your staff, train your staff to ask for reviews. If you notice somebody at your, at your place of business and they are absolutely loving the experience, just slide it in there and say, hey, why don't you, uh, we'd love it if you left us a review about your experience today. Okay, you got to ask, just ask, go after it. And then also curate those reviews and all the stories that people are telling about you. By far easiest, the number one thing people are missing in a huge, huge way, okay? When people say nice things about you, use those things to market your business, okay? Those are Facebook posts. Those are captions that you can put on Instagram photos, all kinds of stuff. So curate all of those reviews and then also learn from reviews. If people say bad things, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad people. Um, you may 
have to make a few improvements to your business. Be honest with yourself and use review sites to improve your business. A lot of people take stuff really personally and be like, oh, that person was just a jerk. Were they? Or do you have some legitimate problems that you should clean up with your business? That'd be important. Don't. Here's a few don'ts. Don't forget to respond to those reviews. Don't take things personally. Um, don't, pay, don't post fake reviews. Okay? Don't do that. Don't encourage your sister or your brother or whatever to go and leave reviews for your business. Okay? Uh, you're going to get caught. You're going to get banned. It's going to be bad. Um, don't pretend that these, these sites don't exist. All right? These are real deal. All right? They're, they're big deal. And also, you know, don't harass people about reviews. Don't. Don't, don't do that. Um, if things get out of hand and things start getting real salty, um, you know, take it offline. Give them a phone number they can call, give them an email address and continue those things offline. Um, avoid at all costs the, uh, the, the wall wars, okay? You, you don't want people posting comments and, and, and having this thing go on and on and on and on. If things start to get weird, take it offline, get an email, give them a phone number to be able to remedy some of that stuff. Most importantly, I think the number one tip you can take away from this is use them. Use the reviews. There's a ton of them. It's like the Commemorative Air Force Museum there. Um, you know, there's a ton of awesome reviews, overall score of four and a half. But if you just go and start looking at some of these reviews, these are all Facebook posts. Use them. Go and say, hey, hey, Mark visited, visited us earlier this year and left this awesome review on TripAdvisor. Um, you know, check it out or don't forget to leave your own review or whatever it is. Um, but here's another one, you know, Lily Sue, CEO, she visited the, the museum. She called it a wonderful place. Read her review below. That's low-hanging fruit. That's easy stuff that we can do, okay? It's all laying out there. You just got to go get it. So go pay attention to your review sites and start using the stories that people tell about your business to promote your business. It's really that easy. It's, it's an authentic way to do it. It's not you tooting your own horn. It's actual people. It's actual customers doing those things. Another great example here is just somebody who they work the reviews into Instagram photos. And, you know, they've got Super Fan Friday. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. That's building community. That's, that, that's how this stuff works. It's called social media uh, for a reason. You got to build that community, be engaged, and, and be moving through it. This is really cool stuff. Um, On to user-generated content, UGC, man. Um, you know, you're all probably familiar with hashtags. Um, hashtags are great. Um, but I'm telling you, I love location tags more. I love location tags more than hashtags when it comes to your business. Um, a lot of times people are trying to establish hashtags that just never take off. And they put all this effort into building this hashtag that they want everybody to use. It doesn't typically work that way, okay? Um, but what does happen is most people do geotag locations which is awesome, okay? So if we just go look at Mesa, Arizona, you know, your business already has a place location on Instagram, okay? Go search your place location. Just type in your business name and then look for the pin icon. Guarantee it, it's gonna be there. And then you can go into that and see what types of photos people are sharing from your business, okay? Um, and then ask for permission to use those. Be like, hey, Johnny, awesome photo. Um, we'd love to use this in our marketing that okay? Yeah, sure. I've ne I, I honestly, I've never had somebody say no to say, you know, no, don't use my photo that I posted publicly on Instagram out of vanity. It doesn't happen. People want their content out there. Um, so just ask if you can use it. Again, ask for reviews, ask for the photos. And just based off of these two strategies alone, 
the, these networks are doing all the work for you. You just got to craft the post and use all the tools and move stuff through. You got to just ask. Ask people and you'll be blown away uh, by what they're going to contribute. And I, I know you can do it. I've seen many, many, many businesses um, install these strategies and be very successful um, over time and, and do some really, really great things. Now, to help manage this, now that we've kind of established best practices for posts and, you know, where you can get some content and, uh, you know, all this good stuff, it's time to build an actual calendar. And this is honestly one of the um, best tips that, that I can share with, with like one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions that, that I've done. Like something really clicks in people's minds um, when they start looking at this content calendar process. The number one thing um, is your business needs a content calendar. You can't be just flying by the seat of your pants day to day. And a content calendar doesn't have to be super complicated, but it does require collaboration, all right? So don't just throw the content calendar on one person. Now, if you're one person shop, sorry, that's your problem. You're gonna have to deal with that. But if you got a staff of people, um, bring people together to create the content calendar because you'll be blown away by the ideas and information that a group of people has versus just putting it all on one person and then getting mad at that person when things don't work out. So have a little monthly meeting, a 15, 20 minute meeting is all that it takes usually to just talk about what are we going to talk about for the next month and build an actual content calendar. And one of the best ways to kind of guide the ship is with daily themes. Assign a theme to every day of the week. UGC, user-generated photo day. Could do a tips and reviews. This could be a Google review or a TripAdvisor review. Could feature one of your services or products on Wednesday. You could talk about the history of your business on Thursday. You can do a landing page promo, like say you have a sale or something. Promote that on Friday. And then you can do like an email sign up or a call to action on Saturday. You can use Google Analytics to, de to determine what those themes are, but most of the time people know their business, they know what's going on, they know what their audience is like already, and they can just come up with themes. Come up with themes that make sense for your business and plug those in, okay? And then every day on Monday, all you're talking about is UGC. That's it, you're gonna share UGC photos and encourage people to contribute and share more photos. On Tuesday, you're doing the TripAdvisor review and that's for all of your networks. That's the key on this thing, okay? It's the, it, that's the key, it's like on Tuesday, on all your networks, if you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that's what you talk about, okay? Just stick to daily themes and it makes creating a calendar very, very easy because you just need to have these little silos and to move through them. It'll give you a laser focus as you move through the week. Some other bonus tips, checklists. Guys, get some checklists because it seems like stuff doesn't get done without a checklist, okay? Social media especially, if something happens in the office, it seems to be the first thing that people kind of push off their desk and you know, they're like, oh, Facebook can wait. No, Facebook can't wait. It's the most powerful marketing tool the world has ever seen, right? Don't do that. A checklist, a daily, a weekly, and a monthly checklist is gonna help you a ton, okay? And they can be really, really simple. You can build them on an app in your phone or on a note in your phone. You could have a piece of paper. I got plenty of people that just have a piece of paper that they have their checklist on. Whatever works for you, do it. But I want to give you a few examples of what those checklists could look like, okay? Um, be schedule your post on Facebook, post to Twitter relating to that post on Facebook, retweet a relevant message while you're over there on Twitter, tweet a piece of evergreen content from your website, like three relevant tweets in your feed, and like two Instagram photos. Boom. That's what you're doing that day. I guarantee you, if you, if you build and work from a checklist, 
all of these things are going to get done. And when all of these things get done regularly, you get results. Okay. Because again, you're maximizing all of your opportunities instead of just posting on Facebook. And that's the one thing that you did today. Now you've gone out, you've engaged, you've liked, you've shared, you've done all the things well. So the checklist keeps you on track. And I really encourage you um, to do that. A great example of like a weekly checklist would be go check the TripAdvisor form or go check your listings on TripAdvisor. Go over, repin a few items on Pinterest. You know, go tool around on Pinterest for five minutes and go, go get that done. Um, search Iconosquare or Instagram um, for more user-generated user content. And then while you're there, just go like and comment on a few pieces of content. Um, it's that simple. In a checklist form like this, it gets done and you will see better results. Now, a monthly checklist, you know, you need to complete your monthly reporting process. Hopefully, you're all doing that. That's a whole other presentation all, to, all into itself. Um, set some goals for next month. Promote your Pinterest account, your Instagram account. Don't forget to tell people who are on Facebook that you also have a Pinterest account or that you have an Instagram account. You know, cross-promote your channels to build touch points with audiences. That's really the key. Um, you know, just tell people you're there. It blows my mind how often I see people not doing that. And then also every month, make sure that you're creating a content calendar using those daily themes that we just talked about. It's really, really, really important. Bonus tips. All right, here we go. Invite likes. Can't believe this is still a thing, but you can invite likes. On any post that you're doing, you can go click on the little number next to the uh, little uh, um, the emotions or the, the, the reactions, excuse me. It'll bring up a list and uh, you can just go click invite and get people to connect to your page. Converts very, very highly and it works really, really well, okay? So just don't forget to invite the likes. And then the single most biggest important digital strategy you will ever hear here it comes, guys, and you're going to be greatly disappointed, probably, but it works. Emojis. You got to use emojis, okay? Emojis, the data coming back on the use of emojis and the impact on engagement for your social posts is mind-blowing. Emojis increase Facebook likes by, <laughs> look at that, <laughs> they increase your comments and shares by 33%. So you have to use them, Okay. Uh, I, I know a lot of businesses and organizations think that, you know, oh, they cheapen our brand or that's not who we are. You know, that's not very professional. I lean on data and that's what I like to do. And if I can see these types of percentage increases in the engagement that I'm getting from my posts, I'm going to do it. So I encourage you to please, please, please use the emojis to get more results. Okay. Limit yourself to three. Okay. Limit yourself to three emojis. Um, and go from there, okay? Um, I had one client like <laughs> just basically wrote in emojis, like 20 emojis and that didn't work, okay? You still need words. You need, you know, 40 characters or less and a few emojis and you'll, you'll, you'll start doing real, real well. Don't forget to drive traffic. If you <laughs> haven't heard of this either, um, it, it's pretty incredible. If you wanna be entertained for a little while, go check out Emojipedia. Any emoji that you could ever possibly want, it's probably there. And you can just copy and paste that right into your Facebook posts. And I'm telling you, more engagement, more likes and comments. That's the word of mouth. That's the viral nature of social media. And it's one of the things that is fueling online conversation right now. Last tip on this section um, is that five rule. And I've referenced it a few times, but here it is, right? <laughs> you, you know, all the detail. Um, for every piece of content you create, look for five ways that you can integrate, extend, or amplify the message. Okay? 
That's what it is. Every photo that you're going to promote, you got to find five things to do with it. And I absolutely love, 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 love these graphics. Okay. Whether it's a video or a blog or a landing page, blogs and landing pages are the same thing, um, or a photo, use these graphics to find five things to do with that piece of content. So if you have a photo, we could post it to Facebook, share it on an Instagram story, put it in a blog, include it on a, on a board, um, on a board report, include it in a, in a brochure, use it in an ad, Snapchat it, tweet it, pin it, whatever. Find five things to do with it, and I guarantee you that you'll start seeing better results. This is probably one of my, my favorite graphics that we have here at 2.6. And then the most important thing to remember is just stop making assumptions about who you think your audience is. Um, that's, a, that's a big thing that's happening right now. Um, people have been running with the same marketing plan you know, for the last 10 years. They've never updated it. Maybe they've never even done any research on who their audience or who their customer actually is. We live in this era of data and data is everywhere. We refer to it at 2.6 Digital as the cookies and clouds world. You know, every action that you're taking on your phone, every action that you're taking on a website, every site you visit, every click, every photo you view, all of it, okay? It's all there to help us do better marketing. Marketers can use all this data to help find the right consumers. The cookies and clouds world is a game changer, okay? game changer. And if your business is struggling right now during COVID or just in general, this is, this, these tools, I'm convinced, are going to save your business. They, they, they have so much potential to save your business. And if you're already doing well and not using these tools, hold on tight. You're going you're gonna to blow up, okay? Things are going to get even more better, okay? So you can't lose. Um, at the end of the day, <clears throat> I hate to say this to you guys, but it all does start with Google Analytics, okay? Google Analytics is a, <laughs> it's, there's a lot going on in Google Analytics for any of you who've ever, uh, you know, uh, went and dived, dove into that. Um, I can't get into it today, okay? But I did a, another two-hour session on Google Analytics. So if you want more after all of this and you want to get serious about data and how to reach the right consumers at the right time with the right pieces of content, Check out the webinar uh, that I did. Uh, it's basically a 101, 201, 301 for Google Analytics. Um, the URL down below is case sensitive. So all caps, 26GA, um, and you'll be able to, to view this. But that's another two hours of me telling you how to use Google Analytics to find where you should market, who you should market to, what content you should be using, all of it. It's all in there, and you'll learn a ton if you so choose to do that. Um, the other thing you can do is go to Google Analytics Academy, okay? Google Analytics Academy is a five-part course. Each part takes about 30 minutes, and you can actually get your Google certification through this. It's an online class. It's totally free. Um, you know, go do it. Go learn a little bit. The more you know about being able to use and manipulate the data from Google Analytics, the better marketing decisions that you're going to be able to make, and the further your marketing dollars are going to be able to go because you're being really smart about how you're spending that money. Okay, so please take the time to go learn Google Analytics. It's going <clears> to <throat> help you find your way. Okay, not going to be out in the middle wondering where do I go, which way, wh where do I go? Google tells you exactly what you should be doing. You takes all the guesswork out of everything. You don't have to be wondering anymore. It takes all of it. It's like God, I wonder what I should talk about today. Well, let's look at Google Analytics. What resonated, you know, last month or what happened last year? Um, use the data to make better marketing decisions. And the other thing is, guys. Transfer budget. Look, 
if you have the data and you can see where your audience is, you know what content they want and you know when you should be promoting and all of these different things, you need to have budget to be able to reach the people. I really am feeling for people who are running with an organic or a free online strategy right now um, because they're just missing out on, on being able to be super effective online. Digital has overtaken all other forms of advertising at this point. And this chart is from 2018. So this has just changed. COVID made this ramp go way up. Okay. It, like it's, it's crazy high now. Okay. Um, the, the, the digital space is where you need to be and that's where you can compete. Okay. So if you start playing in the sandbox here and your competitors maybe aren't right, or they're doing kind of poor practices or not, not the best kind of strategies or just kind of paying at lip service, you have a huge opportunity there to do it better and get better results and get more customers. Okay. These digital tools are going to save businesses and uh, it's, it, it's absolutely incredible. Um, organic reach, in my opinion, is dead, okay? And, and honestly, like COVID may have been the last nail in, in the coffin on this. Um, we are seeing a lot of people move in to digital uh, paid programs now. Um, they're, they're, they're moving in and you know, there's only so much space, right? So, uh, you know, if you're trying to do this on a free organic level, uh, it can be done. Like, don't get me wrong, but I would much rather see you spend, you know, $5, $20 a week to help. I think that you would get more out of your time, okay, by taking $20 and, you know, doing a really smart paid promo on Facebook than doing like five organic posts, you know, a week on, 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 on the same channel, doing a free post. Like you do one for $20, save yourself a ton of time, reach the appropriate audiences and convert them at that point. Um, I think you're better off. Um, organic's a tough place to play. Um, you don't get the reach, you don't get the payoff, but as soon as you throw a few dollars behind something, you know, magic kind of starts to happen in that sense. Now, in order to do, and we're diving into the, the, the heavy stuff, the, the stuff that I think are game changers for everybody. It doesn't matter what you do, okay? You need to get on Facebook Business Manager. So go to business.facebook.com and make sure that you're on Facebook Business Manager. That's one of the most important things that you can do, okay? Do that. that you should put that, write that down in your notepad. Put a star next to it. Highlight it. Underline it, okay? You got to do that. Facebook Business Manager. And then what I want you to do is to just say no to the boost button. I know there's a bunch of you in here that have probably been throwing $5 boosts on your posts. And uh, we can do better than that. Okay. We can do better than boosted posts. So what you want to do is you want to get yourself to the point to where you can use Facebook ads manager. Okay. Boosted posts can only do so much. Okay. You're going to reach your current fan base. I think you can reach the friends of fans. There's very limited things that you can do with these boosted posts. But if you start using a full-blown Facebook ads account, the opportunities are, are literally endless, okay? Um, we can create custom audiences, which I'm going to talk about here in just a second. And I'm telling you, if you get one thing out of today, okay, um, I hope the custom audiences conversation really gets you motivated to do some awesome stuff. You got to create an ads account. When you create your business manager, you'll be prompted to create an ads account. Do it, okay? <laughs> I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Um, you know, please start that ads account because it's going to enable you. It's going to open up so many tools that you can use um, to, 
just literally crush it online and find those right people um, for your business. If you do start running ads, I thought it might be useful to give you some global averages. You know, we're looking around that 50 cent CPC, CTR around 1.4, CPMs around $7. That's what you shoot for. But honestly, if you're using the tools, you should be able to do a lot better. If you're, if you're coming in under all this, um, you're, you're, you're doing good or better. You know what I mean, right? If your CPCs are less than 50, crushing it. CTRs are over 1.4, crushing it. CPMs are seven under, nice, killing it, okay? There's some global averages for when you do get into the ads game because I think this next section is gonna make you wanna get in the game because you know we're all familiar with Amazon. You, you probably all did some shopping, right? Probably all look at reviews on Amazon too, by the way. Um, but, uh, you know, they're using some sophisticated retargeting tools on, on their network. Um, you know, you might have been chased around the internet by a toaster that you looked at on Amazon, right? Um, you can do the same thing for your business by using some of these Facebook marketing tools. Um, it, it, it's absolutely incredible. Um, the, the term that I want you to move forward with here is retargeting, okay? You shouldn't be going out all the time trying to find new audiences, what you wanna be doing is re-engaging with the people who have already indicated that they're interested or have done business with you. Like example, people who have visited your website, people who have engaged with you on Facebook, people who have signed up for your email newsletter. That's the first thing that you wanna do, okay? Retarget, you wanna go after those people because if we can identify those people, we can find more people like those people. Okay, it all starts with a healthy audience, okay, essentially. It starts with a core group of people that we can build personas from, and then we can go and reach the people who should want to do business with you. So let's dive into that. It's all about creating high-value audiences and the big keyword, key phrase that we need to be doing today, Facebook custom audiences. Write it down, please. Write it down, learn as much as you possibly can about it. I'm going to try to give you, you know, in this last, you know, half hour or so, as much information as I possibly can on them, but they are incredible. If you have business manager and you have your ads account, you can um, use these tools. You need those two things first, okay? So you can make an audience from a customer file. If you have an email database, an email list of people who have signed up for a newsletter or purchased tickets or you know, done business with you in the past, you can actually upload that list to your ads manager and Facebook will find the Facebook profiles of those people on your acquired list and you can direct your, <laughs> your ads directly at the people who've already signed up for your email. So that's a high value audience right there, right? Huge. You want to do that. The other one is a website audience, which I want to talk about in a little bit more depth here in just a little bit. But essentially, what that does is that you place a small little snippet of code on your website. And if you're using Wix, Squarespace, or Weebly, or any of those, there's actually a a field where you paste this little code in. Um, But that's going to allow you to uh, target people who have visited your website. Get this. You can target people who have visited specific pages on your website. Okay? So if you're an outfitter and you've got mountain bikes, snowmobiles, and hiking equipment or something, and you've got a Facebook post that you want to get ready to go, and it's about snowmobiles, well, you can go in, create an audience based off people who have viewed snowmobiling content on your website, and tell Facebook to just deliver it to those people. 
Do you get how big that is? Um, it, it, it's a really big deal um, to be able to identify the content that people were consuming and then being able to create another touch point to move them through the conversion cycle. Okay, it's, it's a big deal to be able to do that. The other thing that you can do, and it's really useful for a lot of pages, is do an engagement audience. So that's anybody who's, who's ever liked something, clicked on something, reacted, did anything with any of the posts that you've done. And on that one, you go back a year. The other ones, you can go back about six months on the website audience, but the engagement audiences will go back up to a year, okay? Um, that's huge. That's re-engaged audience. That's called audience nurturing, okay? It's a, it's a huge deal. It's a game changer. If you're not deploying these tools right now, you're really missing out. It's going to let some fresh air into what you're doing for sure. Um, number one to-do item right here. Have you installed the Pixel? The Facebook Pixel is the thing that every business needs to be doing. Okay, they need to be diving into this. This Facebook pixel is the one that will allow you to retarget people who have visited your website. So people visit your website, Facebook identifies those people, depending on what content that they created or they, they viewed, you can create an audience based on that. This isn't complicated stuff. All you have to do is tell Facebook what you want and they create the audience. You don't have to dig through all the data and make all these decisions. It's all done for you, okay? You just need to say, hey, Facebook, build me an audience based off of people who viewed my snowmobile pages on my website. I'm talking to Arizona. Why am I talking about snowmobiles? Um, it should be like, like hiking and mountain biking and stuff like that. I'm, I'm from Minnesota, guys. Okay, Give me a pass on that one. <laughs> um, anyway, but these website audiences, I, number one, I've said number one to-do list, but hopefully that means I'm sharing some value with you today. Um, but I wouldn't get this website pixel installed on your site as soon as possible. Now, it, I wouldn't be fair if I didn't uh, kind of tell you what's really going on in, in some of these other parts, okay? A uh, little bit of an alert coming on. Uh, Google's going to phase out these cookies or the pixel essentially um, in Chrome, uh, but not for a, a couple years, probably another year and a half. I think we had about two years left on this. Um, so like start using this stuff now because the stuff could go away or at least change form. I don't think it'll ever like go completely away, but it's going to change form. And uh, what you want to do right now is to make sure that you get owned data. Okay. Um, try to get as many email addresses, phone numbers, zip codes from your customers that you possibly can right now, but use the custom audiences, the website audiences and all the, the, the website custom audiences to get high quality audiences now. So that in a year and a half or two years, when this kind of transition starts to happen, you're prepared um, by owning the data. It's all about you owning the data and not relying on like the Facebooks of the world to be able to do that, okay? Um, I would make it a, a, a top goal or a priority for the next year or two um, to, to put uh, data collection, email, audiences, um, you know, kind of front burner on that stuff um, to move through it. Uh, a great way to do that by using the website pixel that we just talked about would be to use a lead ad on Facebook. These actually are really, really brilliant. If you have, a, have an email newsletter, or if you don't have one, you should have one. Honestly, email's not dead. That's a whole other presentation we could go into. Um, but anyway, you can create ads to get people to click through and visit and sign up for your newsletter. Brilliant, easy way to do it. Also, a little alert. If you're going to do any of this stuff, if you're going to use the website audiences or the email audiences, um, I encourage you to go and update the privacy policy on your website. 
just to make sure that you're in a line with everything because you know we do have the general data protection regulations we've got california they passed their own privacy act all of these kind of privacy laws and rules are are coming and it's just a matter of time so uh, make sure that you go and update your privacy policy to make sure that the consumers who sign up know that you're going to be using that data for marketing purposes etc cetera, etc cetera. you can go to uh, privacypolicy.org and uh, you can actually draft one up really, really quick there. Or you can just go, you know, look at one of your competitor websites and go look at their privacy policy, maybe steal theirs and put your name in it. Maybe, you know, maybe they already did it and it's all relevant to you. So go do what you need to do on that, but just be prepared because this, this data and privacy um, is a really, really, really um, sticky issue right now. And it's, it's not going anywhere. It's, it's, it's uh, going to be one that we'll be navigating for a while. So I just wanted to make sure to say, hey, get that privacy stuff in there. Now here's where things get cool. So we have pixeled audiences and email audiences of people who have done business with you. Maybe they visited your website before, whatever, okay? They're familiar with you. Things get awesome when we can start to apply those audiences to something called a lookalike audience. And a lookalike audience is a way to reach new people who are likely to be interested in your destination or product because they're similar to users that have already connected with you. Keep in mind, Facebook knows a lot <laughs> about each of us, okay? Um, and what they're able to do is take a look at those audiences of people who have done business with us before and find people who should want to do business because they are similar in attributes or persona or buying habits or whatever. There's a million criteria out there to be able to do that. Um, but Facebook knows who they are. And, you know, I think at 2.6, we were a little skeptical of the lookalike audience when they first rolled out. We were like, how is this even possible that these are going to be, you know, that accurate? Um, but let me tell you, Facebook knows a lot about us and they're pretty darn good at putting together audiences. So essentially you could take your 500 person email list, right? Upload that to Facebook. Facebook will find 200 profiles associated with those email lists. And then you can create a lookalike audience of that, which could be a hundred thousand people who should want to do business with you. That's how you do this stuff. You use the, 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 the audience that has give you indicators, okay? They've already done that. And then use that audience to create more and find new customers. It's not the other way around. People are doing this backwards. They're like carpet bombing the internet with their message when they should just be looking at their current customers and building audiences from that. I, I hope I've explained that uh, sufficiently for everybody involved. Uh, whenever you build one of these audiences, um, Facebook's going to automatically ask you, would you like to expand your audience? Yes, I would like to create the lookalike audience for everything you do. Essentially, it's going to look like this, okay? Lookalike audience, and then you're going to have your regular custom audience. So your custom audience, again, are people who have done that. They've been to the site, they watched the video, they clicked on the ad, they were on your email list, whatever. And the lookalike is basically the should audience, okay? This is game changer stuff. And it really, really gets your business marketing laser specific on people who are just more prone to convert for you, okay? Um, it, this stuff saves, is going to save and has probably already saved a ton of businesses. I really encourage you to please dive into this and, and start leveraging these tools. Um, big question I get all the time uh, is how much should I spend, all right? 
Um, there's no perfect answer, but it is all scalable. I mean, I have people that do great work with $20 a week. And I have people doing amazing things with you know $20,000 a week. Um, it doesn't matter. The great thing about digital and using these tools um, is that, you know, it doesn't matter how much you spend, you're still reaching quality audience. So I can spend $20 and reach $20 worth of highly qualified users, or I can spend $20,000 and just reach more highly qualified users. Um, it's, it's not like if I spend less, you get a lower quality audience. It's still high quality. You're just maybe not going quite as far. Um, don't be afraid of having to, you know, I don't, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars. Do 20 bucks. Start with 20 bucks. That 20 bucks is going to turn to 50 bucks after you start seeing results. And then that 50 bucks is going to turn into 100 bucks after you start seeing results from that. And then what's going to happen is you're going to rewrite your entire marketing plan for your business. And you are truly going to innovate what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And you're going to be more successful. That's how it's going to work. Okay. <laughs> We're seeing it all the time. Um, people are diving in and doing this stuff. So uh, very, very important. Take control of what you're doing, guys. Um, you got to take control now. Uh, nobody else is doing it for you. And it's going to be really competitive, um, you know, uh, you know, coming through this recovery period. And then hopefully when we get back to back to normal again, okay, it's going to be competitive and you're going to need the best tools uh, to be able to remain relevant and get in front of the audiences that, that you need to get in front of. Um, I would strongly suggest people, um, you know, just taking a paid approach to what you're doing. Again, I kind of feel like organic is totally kind of a waste of time at this point when we have these tools on the shelf. So uh, paid first mentality would be awesome. I like instead of doing, you know, five, 10 posts a week organically, what about one really good paid promo that's going to lead to a bottom line or a conversion point for your business? I don't know. I think that that could work. Um, boosting your posts is one way to do it. But again, I'm not recommending that you do it. Uh, what I suggest you do is you take a look at that content calendar that we created earlier and identify some paid opportunities, okay? So <laughs> this is crazy, but this is what has always been recommended. One post a day on Facebook, one post a day on Instagram, three to 10 tweets a day, weekly activity on Pinterest, weekly activity on review sites, weekly activity on YouTube, and one blog post a week on top of it all too. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, you know, that's a dedicated community manager right there to be able to do all of that. Um, there's a lot going on in all of our lives. Um, you need to be using ads manager to just streamline the entire process and make sure that every amount of time that you're putting into this stuff is actually getting you results. And this is what we see all the time. Organic posts, barely a blip on the radar. It's like, okay, yeah, we did our post for the day, but did it get any results? No. We go and throw a $5 boosted post out there or a $5 ad and boom, we get the spike. And then the next day we don't do anything and it falls right back down and we get mediocre results. So I'm a big fan of this. I really like, you know, the, the big spike on paid. So why aren't we thinking about paid first? I, I just think that it's a really great approach. It's driving people crazy, honestly. Um, one thing I do want to let you know, um, and not a lot of people know this, uh, but I think it's a really compelling strategy, especially for small business and organizations who are strapped for time and trying to get the maximum impact that they can out of their networks, is that this is what Ads Manager looks like. It looks scary, but it's not. You use it a little bit, it, it's not that bad. But there's a section in here um, called Page Posts. 
And anything that you've ever posted to your page is going to show up in this page post section. And every post has an ID. Every ad has an ID. All right. All you need is the ID for your post. Search it in page posts. And this option is going to pop up. And I love this. It, it could really help you turn this corner from an organic strategy into a paid for strategy. You can actually publish those to your timeline. So essentially what you're doing is you're creating ads first and then publishing ads to your timeline, okay, organically, all right? And what that, that does a couple things for you. One, it's giving you the best opportunities to succeed by reaching the best audiences, but then it also is allowing you to publish content that has been engaged with to your page. So it just elevates everything that you're doing with, with your brand. I, I hope you understand that. Um, a paid first strategy starts with your ads and you let your ads, your best performing ads, determine what ends up on your feed organically or free, okay? Paid first, guys. Think about doing the ads first. I, I, I just, I don't see why why so many businesses are wasting so much time um, with a failed organic strategy that they're not reaching anybody with. And they never have reached anybody in five years. All right. They get two likes and one of them's their mom. You know, um, why aren't we using these tools? Um, use the paid tools first and uh, everything starts to just elevate really, really fast. We've got a couple clients now that are, that are starting to dive into this and um, it's, it's all about working smarter and working harder. <laughs> or or working smarter is where we're going with that. Guys, this is the idea. Merge everything that you're doing to be as efficient as possible. Okay. Uh, a lot of times when I do these workshops, people always get this like idea that I'm trying to get them to do more. All right. Or like, Brian, I don't have time for this because I have all of these other things to do. And, and that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to give you a bigger workload. I'm, I'm trying to get you to work smarter. And what you're going to do is, once you start using these tools well, you're going to start letting go of some of the old inefficient things that you've been doing for a long time, okay? So try to bring all these pieces together and, and streamline what you're doing. You don't have to be killing yourself trying to establish a presence. You just need to use the tools in order to be super efficient and, and you know, honestly, very, <laughs> very, um, you know, results driven you know that that's the difference it's like are we doing this just to say we got the post up or are we doing this because it generated a result i think that that that's important so um that's the idea just go for it again five bucks five bucks 20 bucks give it a try uh, i bet you'll probably start seeing some of the biggest posts uh that you've ever seen before um hope is not a strategy at the end of the day okay um use these tools use the paid tools and things will start going off really well. It's always on, okay? Um, always on. Always have something paid. Hold on. You can run those ads for three to five days, three to seven days. Run them for two weeks if you want, okay? Um, you just want to be on and be pushing ads out. Um, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff to, 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 to uh, kind of take in and absorb and think about. Um, start here, okay? One paid promo a week or one paid promo per month. Okay, just try it for one. Look at your content schedule and say, where's my best opportunity? What's the one thing that I could promote for $20? And uh, let's 
put some money behind this. Let's take the time to learn how to create the Facebook ad. Let's, um, you know, put all the optimizations that we've talked about in this, in this session to work and to do a great job. So I, I would challenge everybody on the webinar right now, just do one paid promo during the next month. Do one in August and, and see what happens. Um, I, I would also love to hear the results that you guys got too. Um, you can't lose when you use these tools. You, you honestly can't. You, you can't lose. Um, you, you're going to be successful for sure. Here's an example of one of our clients who adopted the one paid promo a month <laughs> mentality. Um, you can pretty clearly see, I think they, they, uh, excuse me, I think they were doing one a week, if I remember right. Um, but can you tell where we did the promo? The orange line is from the previous year where they really didn't do any promotion. They just let organic and free kind of run the year, okay? The blue is where they took control and they started to use the tools and they started using, you know, regular promos, paid promos to reach audiences that mattered most and were most likely to convert. It doesn't take much. It's just being really selective with your content and pushing that out there. I think that that's honestly the key. Um, you plug this stuff in, you're going to start seeing similar results. I, I'm a huge believer in plugging this stuff in. I mean, they saw increase, another client saw 156% increase in users on their site and 159% increase of new users on their site. It's the first time they ever plugged into a digital ad campaign, okay? Absolutely incredible. Here's, here's the perfect example again. This is standard operating procedure right here this orange line, when you start taking control, numbers start to dramatically increase. And the great thing about this, man, these are all interested people that they're highly targeted. This is relevant, okay? Um, these are conversions, these are dollars, bottom line. Um, I just, uh, I, I really hope you guys embrace what I'm talking about here today and I hope I'm making sense as well. Um, Cause it's huge. I had another client here, you know, they saw 48% increases. How would you like to reach, you know, 48% new users in the next few months? I think it's really up to you to go and do that. It's exciting. Okay. It's exciting stuff to plug in new strategies. Um, and again, the tools are free. You can build all this stuff. You can practice all you want, make all the ads you want, learn how to make all these different audiences. And the only thing that you pay for is the placement of the ads. Okay, and that can be twenty dollars. It can. It doesn't have to be very much at all. When you do create the ads, uh, just want to give you a few things to look at before we wrap this thing up. Um, the key to create a great ad: align message, alignment of image, alignment of your audience, and you have to include that promise of value. Give them the why. Um, a lot of times, I just see ads that aren't telling people why. Like, okay, well, why should I click on this? Why is it compelling enough? I think that promise of value is really, really important. And then just a few metrics uh, just to pay attention to as you kind of dive into some paid strategies. Um, look at frequency, you know, like pay attention to how many times your ad is being delivered to a particular group of audiences. Um, if it's being delivered a ridiculous amount and you're not seeing the results, fix your ad. Something's wrong with your ad. Maybe your copy's bad, your photo's bad, your targeting's bad, whatever it is. But, you know, typically a good ad is going to be engaged with within the first two or three times that somebody sees it. Um, if you start getting high frequency, that can be a great indicator um, that people really aren't, aren't uh, feeling what you're doing like at all. 
Um, another key metric, CTR, click-through rate. Um, the higher, the better on that one. Okay, I gave you the global average just a little bit earlier. And then CPC cost per click. Of course, the lower, the better. And um, the costs are ridiculous sometimes. I think what I think this week we saw, we, we were running an ad for $0.05 cents a click. You know, on average, I'd say we'd probably see something around 40 to $0.50 cents a click, something like that it absolutely decimates all the competition and it can help make your marketing dollars or your limited funds that you do have available for marketing um, to go a really, really long way. So I, I love it. Um, always optimize for landing page views and getting people to the website. Okay. That's absolutely key. Um, we need to drive the traffic to fire the pixel, to acquire the audience, and to start this whole process again, right? Because it's all about audience refinement. As we get people throwing their indicator flag up saying, I'm interested, we're going to retarget them, and then we're going to build audiences based on them. It's, it's just a cycle that you have to go through. And if you, once you start working through it, man, you, you almost become bulletproof and, and you can't miss through your paid campaigns. Um, the, the other side of this that, that is important to, to mention as well is, is just the measurability of the result that you get. It's really unlike any other media that, that, that you could be purchasing into. So can you tell where we ran the ads on this? Pretty obvious, right? Um, you take a look at your ads dashboard, your Facebook ads manager, and uh, it, it's incredible, the data that, that you can pull out of this to make better marketing decisions for the future and to report you know, how you're spending the dollars and what kind of results you're actually getting. So um, it, it, it's incredible. It's the best way to, to, to show the value of what you're doing from a marketing perspective. And again, it all comes down to just stop the hope, you know, hope, hope, hope. We're always hoping people are going to come, but you can literally, literally just take, take control of all of these things and move through it. Now I, I've spent most of the session talking about Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Um, but I do want to let you know that everybody's doing it. Okay. It's, it's not just Facebook and Instagram. Everybody is doing this stuff. Google AdWords and YouTube have their customer match audiences, which are the same thing as the custom audiences from Facebook and Instagram, the same deal. Uh, Twitter has tailored audiences. Pinterest has act-alike audiences. LinkedIn has matched audiences. It doesn't matter what sandbox you're playing in. You, you really do have access to the same or very similar tools um, to, to uh, you know, really hyper-target to the audiences that matter the most to your business or organization. All right. So um, it doesn't have to, you hate Facebook, fine. Go over to LinkedIn, go over some of these other networks um, and start using it. But this is, this is the way it goes. This, this is where things are at right now. And, and this is the normal, this is marketing. Okay, guys, it's cool stuff. I encourage you to be jamming and, 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 you know, trying, trying to do some of this stuff. Um, the best way to, you know, show you how to do this uh, isn't on a webinar like this. Okay. I can't show you how to make ads. I can't, show you, I can give you an idea or a template, but I can't really show you. Um, there's an amazing resource out there to really get the idea. Facebook developed something called Facebook Blueprint. Um, just go Google that. And if you want to learn how to do anything, <laughs> it's in there. It really is a remarkable tool. I mean, it's got all the best practices, how to manage your Facebook page, how to purchase ads, um, how, to, how to set up all your targeting, how to build all these audiences. Um, you know, you can manage your Instagram, all the data, all the insights, all the analytics from everything that you're doing is all there. And Facebook Blueprint just gives you step-by-step -step tutorials in a, in a lot of ways too. They're, they're videos. They're step-by-step they're -step videos in a lot of cases uh, how, how, to, how to do this stuff. Facebook Blueprint's an amazing, 
amazing resource for people to dive into. So please go check that out. It's Facebook for Business, Facebook Blueprint. Um, and then the last little item I want to want to end on is something called cooperative data. And this is where I think Visit Mesa and the entire Mesa community um, could really come together to run some high impact campaigns. If you all can install Business Manager and get your Ads Manager connected and build some audiences, you can all share all of the audiences that I've been talking about with each other to build amazing campaigns. I, I think it's a true game changer in everything that we're doing from a marketing scope because we could have hotels and top attractions, you know, sharing audiences with Visit Mesa to run campaigns at people. You know, data is the key, right? And uh, each one of you, every single business in that community has an opportunity um, to work together with similar entities or packaged groups, right? If you rely on another uh, service provider for you to be able to do things, why aren't you teaming up, sharing data, and running cooperative campaigns? Um, it's, it's absolutely crazy. I want to just go through this quick case study. Uh, we worked with Northern Indiana, a whole group of different counties we worked with in this instance, where we got them all to share their audiences with us to be able to run campaigns on behalf of them. And they had a whole ton of different experiences, okay? They had boat races, the Amish, the Irish, you know, quilt gardens, it's these amazing kind of botanical uh, attractions. And we got them all working together, um, sharing data so that we could reach relevant audiences um, that cared about all these different things. They all had different audience groups. They all had different subscribers, but we were able to bring that all together to build what I would call would be like a super audience. All it takes is sitting at the table with, with, with a few like minds and coming up with ways to share data to run highly effective campaigns. I do think cooperative data is something huge. And if we can all just share a little bit, uh, I think we can all mutually benefit uh, from, from that activity. So I think we can do really, really well. In Facebook Ads Manager, they encourage the sharing of audiences. Here's a button there. And <laughs> when you click it, you just enter in the ad ID number. Uh, the, the ad account ID number of the person you want to share audiences with, and you can do that. That might be a little bit high level, um, but if you can all take that first step to get on Business Manager and Ads Manager, you know, Visit Mesa could possibly do, do the rest and start teaming some of this up. Or, you know, I even think of, you know, different groups of people that, that, that just have shared interests, whether it's, a, you know, an outfitter who relies on the, the kayak company and the people who sell the kayaks and the store, the sporting goods stores. How can they all team up and, and use data um, to be able to run more effective campaigns? I just think cooperatives are the way to go. It's game changing and it works on a local level as well. Uh, we have the example of Burnsville, uh, Minnesota, you know, where not a lot of people know where Burnsville is, but they have a lot of like cornerstone attractions for Minnesota, you know, Mall of America, which I'm sure you've heard of, Valley Fair is like their Six Flags kind of thing. Um, the Minnesota Zoo, Buck Hill is a huge ski, uh, ski place as well. Um, they all work together and they share data, they combine budgets in a lot of cases, and they're, they're starting to run some cooperative campaigns. Um, very impactful stuff. Again, sharing. Sharing is caring, guys. Um, we can all dive into this stuff, help each other out. I think um, the more we can do in this, in this uh, especially this climate, where kind of our budgets are strained a little bit, um, this helps. So again, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook ads, uh, give us an avenue to do some really, really great stuff. So share those audiences and start working together. Um, it sure beats going at, the, going at this stuff alone, right? Um, if you all team up and you start working collectively and sharing some of these data points, 
can make a lot of progress. Um, help each other out. I couldn't take the turtles out. I just really like that, that, that turtle slide. Um, you can do that. Um, at the end of the day, pretty much everything that we talked about in this entire session, this is a marathon. These two hours flew by for me. I hope they flew by for you too. Um, you need to be on Facebook Business Manager. So business.facebook.com. That's where the opportunity is. Um, and then you also need the Facebook ads account. Um, without those things, you're really, you're really limited, you know, to the boosted posts or, or even just sticking with organic strategies. But once you plug these tools in, uh, you're, you're going to be in fantastic shape. Uh, lastly, the most important thing to remember is that you do need to engage. Even if you're running ads, you have to remain engaged. Ads on social media are living posts. People comment on them. They ask questions. They're engaging. And you need to be responsive to all of that. Uh, we've got people captured in these devices, okay? Um, and they're there. Their attention is theirs for us to, to, to go and grab with the right piece of content. But it ultimately is uh, up to us to win their hearts and minds and to be a good cocktail party host. You know, if you're going to throw content out there, you need to be responding and engaging um, with all of it because otherwise, you know, you're, you're not going to build that sense of community. Um, I'll just close up with, a, you know, hope is not a strategy. Um, hopefully today... I've given you a few tips on, you know, getting organized, uh, you know, working really smart um, and, and, and streamlining what you're doing and really focusing on, on what is the most important and what's going to give you the most impact for what you're doing. Um, now's the time to innovate. It's, it's, it's the wild, wild west out there in a, in a lot of ways. Um, so I, I do think now's the time to innovate, time to start, start driving home some of these new tools. Give them a test run and see how it goes. If you never try, you're never going to know. Um, but uh, I, I do encourage people kind of banding together, working together during this crazy time because, uh, you know, things are never quite as scary when you got a best friend. I always like that one. Um, you know, team up, destinations, team up. We'll get through this stuff together. Um, we're we're going to end up uh, being just fine. Again, if you have questions, um, Facebook Blueprint would be the first place to go. Um, but you can also email me directly as well. I'll give you that contact information. Don't be surprised if uh, you run into some surprises along the way. It's all part of the learning process, okay? Nobody's going to take your birthday away if you make a little, little snafu here or there. Um, go get it. It's time to innovate and uh, go and do the best you can. Lastly, build that funnel, okay? Everything that you do moving forward, you got to have a goal in mind. Don't just post a photo for the sake of posting a photo. Post a photo to get people to the next step, to the next step, to the next step so they get to a conversion point right? It all moves down the funnel. It's awareness to interest, desire to action. That's what we really want to do here. And you got to think through that process and it does take a strategy to be able to do it. So hit the ground running guys. All right, go uh, get that. And then if you do have any questions, man, I, I'm so interested in helping any small business, nonprofit organization get through this crazy time. So uh, feel free to email uh, Brian, B-R-I-A-N at 26digital.com. And I will do my very best um, to get back to you in a timely manner with, a, with an answer that'll solve all your problems. Maybe not all your problems, but maybe the problem that you reached, <laughs> reached out for. So, guys, this has been a blast. This uh, freaking flew by. Looks like we got a few questions that we can go dive into. Let me see if I can actually figure out this Q&A thing. Yeah. Hi. So we have, um, and once you get that up, you'll be able to read them yourselves. But um, we have a first question from Sean. And his question is, how do you link to Instagram? Um, I'm not sure um, 
what that is specifically referencing to a link to Instagram. I think this came in around when you were um, talking about posting um, from your website to your social media pages. And so I wonder if it's just the www.instagram.com slash. Yeah, it would just be the, the straight up URL. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's what you would put in that place in that um when you um, refer people to your social media. Um, if right. you have a follow-up question, Sean, um, let us know if that didn't answer your... For sure, or he can email me directly too, that's great. Yes, perfect. Um, and then we have two regarding the, around the same thing. Um, these two are very similar questions. Um, Jessica said, I have heard that it is better for longer posts because people stay on them longer and that makes Facebook and Instagram algorithm happy. Right. So I'm specifically referencing to Facebook with the, the shoulder is better. Um, longer captions on Instagram, um, you can absolutely um, get, get away with that for sure. Um, but with small businesses, for sure, on Instagram, um, the, the, shorter, the, the shorter the better on Facebook, the longer on Instagram is fine. But again, I, I, I tend to lean towards shorter posts because it enables you to extend the story to the website. When people start writing these long, long captions, what they're doing is, again, they're giving away the whole farm on that post, and they're giving people zero reason to come over and, uh, and engage with your website. So I always prioritize that the movement of traffic versus giving it all away within that feed. Yeah, and I've noticed that when Facebook, when we do, you know, if there is like a longer post, you get that see more, which kind of... Um, refrain, people won't click on that. They'll just go buy it. So I, I agree the shorter, the better. Right. Um, and then Sean also asked, will you go over invite likes again? How do you do it on Instagram? So that was so when you can't, going. you yeah. can't do it on Instagram. That's Facebook only. Um, and basically just go to a post that has engagement and click on the number that shows the number of engagements and that list of users will pop up and you can invite them from there. But yeah, that's a Facebook only option. That's a good, that's a great question. I should have clarified that. Um, and then we have one from Catherine who said, what is your take on Yelp and, uh, my guy services? And then she put in, uh, parentheses pay to advertise. I think my guy services is similar to like Angie's list. Okay. You can um, be a part of their partnership, I guess. Yeah, I've, I've heard absolute nightmares uh, from Yelp advertisers from some of my clients. Um, I don't think you necessarily have to pay to play in those spaces. I think it's most important that you claim those spaces and you manage them. Um, so that, that would be, you know, working with the, the uh, you know, the reviews that come in, engaging with those, using the reviews to drive, uh, to drive more business. I, I I, I, I'm not a huge uh, proponent in, in allocating ad dollars to any of those networks, but I have heard that the Yelp salespeople are pretty aggressive. Okay. Um, and then we have from James, how do you post a link in an Instagram post? So you can't do it in the caption. So that's where the, the whole link in profile um, comes in. So you have to just reference people in the caption to say, hey, click the link in our profile, maybe use an emoji, you know, with an arrow up or a finger pointing up, something like that, and then drive them to that link in bio. Now, that's where that link tree came in, uh, where you were able to, to have a nice little landing page where you could feature um, the, uh, the, the, the links. But yeah, in the caption, no dice, can't do it. And then last one from Marissa. 
My audience is moms who are interested in homeschooling amid COVID. Suggestions as to the best platform and why. Okay, so I would think something along this line, a Facebook group would be amazing. Um, you know, moms who are interested in homeschooling amid COVID, this would be a perfect scenario to create a Facebook group. Um, I don't know if the pages um, would really get you the, the audience that you need. Um, the, the, the groups are amazingly versatile though. Um, and they do, <laughs> they do really, really well in, in, in building, you know, people for, for a niche activity or, or something specialized like that. Um, I would look into Facebook groups before anything else and see if you can facilitate a conversation from there. Okay, um, yep, that's it. And yes, if you have any more questions, feel free to email Brian. Um, we will send out the recording of the webinar after this, as well as all the slides from today and any additional links that we can include. So thank you so much for doing this, Brian. Awesome, hey, thanks so much for the opportunity. And uh, again, don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. Oh,